Hello ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Best Got Beat sponsored by Adoption at Heart. My name is Luke Hatfield. Uh, I am joined by the one, the only, the main Warsaw man at the Express and Star, Mr. Joe Edwards. How are you, sir? I'm alright, mate. I'm alright. How are you? You okay? I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Good. good. Yeah, it, it's always nice when we get together and uh, you know record and talk a bit about Warsaw. You know, every fortnight, it's uh, something I look forward to. So, uh, no, mate, I'm uh, I'm feeling all right. Got got uh, plenty of caffeine in me, as 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 is uh, as is the need every day. Yeah. And uh, I've got a well, this one, Dr Pepper Zero. That even though it's no sugar, it's still got caffeine in it. Do you reckon? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so. You think you're being good in a sense, but you're not really. Um, but yeah, plenty of caffeine in me. I'm ready to go, raring to go. Yeah, are, are you? Uh, it's it's funny because I, I whenever I go to a restaurant and they always ask, "Oh, do you want to drink?" I'm, "Oh yeah, Diet Coke or Coke Zero." Yes, but like I know full well, like whatever's in it. I know it's not got calories in it, but it must have something else in it. Oh yeah, I I, I mean I went for um, an all you can eat buffet last night. Oh yeah, and, Chinese. Yeah, it's one of these which has got a bit of everything. Oh um, yeah, I love I love them. So I don't know if you've ever heard of it. It's kind of more more so towards kind of where I am, but it, Bentley Bridge in Wolver- Wolverhampton, just outside of Wolverhampton, there's um, yeah. uh, a place called Cosmo. Uh, it's quite popular. So we I've went. Never heard of it. <laughs> <laughs> so we went there and um, on. Plates. If anything, if it's anything less than three plates, I'm very disappointed. I think oh, I, yeah, in yeah. the end, I did five proper plates, and then like just add like a little dessert as like a sixth. Oh, fair but, play. Um, so it's like a lot of the Chinesey stuff, um, and then they had like a bit of Indian stuff. So, like, so you got the. You know, your Jalfrezi, your Rogan Josh, your Masala, you know, mm. kind of different naan breads and rices and stuff. Then there's like an Italian small bit with like pizza slices and like, well, like more of a kind of a fast foody bit with like pizza and burgers. Oh, I'm, all, I'm all over that section, I am. And then there's like, you know, all your teppanyaki and all that kind of jazz and, mm. and then like a bit of seafood and. What I was going for, though, you know, dodge, like dodge the seafood, mate. Yeah, I don't know. I can't be bothered with that. But I was going for the, um, you know, like you know, like KFC hot wings. Yeah, like, and they've they've got that really kind of almost like um, like that crunchy coating. Mm. Like, they had like them, like like a big like tub of them, basically, and I had oh. probably had about six or seven of them. Oh, they're like salt and pepper chicken wings. Yeah, yeah, nice. Ooh. And um, but the point being, I had all that, but all of my refillable uh, cokes were all Coke zeros. Oh yeah, that's where that's where, that's where you're, you're losing the weight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had I had six plates of food, but you know I was fine because I had Coke zero. So it, it doesn't doesn't you know if you have full fat Coke, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna come out putting some weight on, but um, you know mm. the, the Coke zeros. No calories at all. I'm I'm fine. Balances everything out. I've got I've got to go to this place. By the way, it sounds absolutely phenomenal. Um, decent, decent. I don't know if there's one specifically more so in Warsaw. I did go to one called Fiestas back in the day in Warsaw, but that was really 
crap. You yeah. Know, really bad. I'm pretty sure it closed down and then became a nightclub. Might oh, that's always co- a good sign, yeah. Yeah, I think it became a nightclub for a beer. I mean, uh, the, li- the listeners will attest to this, though. I think Walsall, in terms of a night out, isn't um, isn't exactly your best bet. Um, it's probably better in terms of, but if you know, if you're going to venture out, probably venture out into Birmingham. Um, yeah, Walsall end up in Vogue at you know four o'clock in the morning or a bit of re- <laughs> bit of religion. Um, I haven't really frequented them all too much, but the missus uh, used to be a religion regular. So, oh, really? Uh, yeah, yeah. But plenty of stories from uh, from in Warsaw and some of the sites you see. It's uh, yeah, it's uh, an interesting night out, I'd say. Oh, I must frequent Warsaw on a more recent on a more regular promotion basis. party at the end of the season. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, let's talk football. Let's let's catch up on some of the games because it's yes. been it's, it's been eleven days since we made our last podcast. Right? It has been a long time. Yeah. Um, first game we're going to talk about Walsall three Mansfield one. Yeah. What a result, and more importantly, what a performance from George Miller. My word. Yeah, brilliant. Um, you know that we we'd been saying, and we that we're looking at where the goals are going to come from and who's going to emerge and be that be that go-to figure um, based on the Mansfield performance. I mean, Miller could well be that. And, you know, two goals excellently taken, both of them. Um, you know, lined up against two quite physical centre-halves on paper, at least. You know, they're, they're, you know, both about three or four inches taller than him, but he shrugged them both off for, for his goals. And when he was bearing down on goal for both of them, really, you never... You were never really in any doubt. It's mm. um, you just expected the net to bulge, and, and and that's how it went. It was a brilliant performance from him, and to hear that kind of response from from the supporters as well was really encouraging. Because you have you of course always warm to different players and and whatever the uh, you know the position that they play and the effort they put in, but. There's nothing quite like having a proper centre forward to to get behind, and you know somebody that you want to see goals from consistently. So um, you know it was a very positive early display from Miller. And one thing I did think, um, you know, while it was a, a great performance, you know, from Warsaw's perspective and particularly from Miller, mm. I thought Mansfield were pretty poor. And the thing was with them, their centre halves. Why on earth? Are they loaning out Rowley many years out to Warsaw? Like, I couldn't believe it. Like, they brought they brought one of the lads off at half time because he'd had a he'd had a mare mm. in the first half, um, and then straight after that, Miller brushes off the other one like he's not there, and, and makes it three one just after half time, three uh, 0 Sorry, before Mansfield made it three one, you know, consolation, but. Yeah. Christ, you know, if I was thinking if they're lining out many years out, their, their centre halves must be something. They weren't, you know. They, the, the they fact couldn't that, handle a ball in behind them, could they? They couldn't handle the ball in behind. They couldn't handle the ball in the air. I mean, they've going into the game, they'd conceded the most goals from set pieces in the division. And Nash Taylor had a just a meet and drink, pretty much free header from you know it was a good delivery from from Earing from the corner and thumping header, thumping header, still going to make the finish, but. You know, a towering six foot three, six foot four defender that Tyler is, that's meat and drink for him. If you're not gonna track him and you're gonna give him a free header from six yards out, then you know, he's gonna hit the target nine times out of ten. So yeah, they defensively Mansfield were really poor and particularly for a Nigel Clough team, you'd expect mm. them to be 
you know, pretty robust and organised and well drilled. But Walsall, Walsall were better than all over the pitch. That you know, absolutely no doubt about the results. You know, it was three one. It could have been four or five. That they, they, they were, they were by far and away the better team. And mm. um, you know, they've looked good at good at home. But as obviously as we, as, we, as we come to, you know, still that hasn't. Uh, Quite clicked on the uh, on the travels up to yet. Yeah, was it was it Miller who hit the bar as well? Yeah, oh my God, that that would have been a goal oh of the season. My word, that would have been immense. Like that was just completely emblematic, though, of a player that had just scored a goal and was feeling confident and had the kind of adrenaline running through his veins. That had he not scored that goal a couple of minutes earlier, he wouldn't have had that shot. Oh, but, you don't. Yeah, you don't. You don't take that on if you. But, scored wow. A goal. Yeah, it, I mean. That would have been just a cherry on on top of the cake, but Miller that afternoon was was sparkling. He was brilliant, and um, you know he, he didn't really have a lot to work with at Newport. But you know if he can, if he has a similar amount of service against Bristol Rovers this coming weekend, then you know I think he'll fancy his, his chances of um, of another couple of goals. Really, mm, yeah, it would have been Puskas stuff if he just scored <laughs> um, that one. Uh, the only shame was, like you said, there was there was no clean sheet, and you could tell that Carl Rushworth he was fuming when they conceded that goal. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's a it's a weird one because if you look at it on paper, Carl's only got one clean sheet, um, you know, so far, and you know I know you know you, you judge keepers by their clean sheets, but. You know, had somebody just looked at that, they'd think, oh, well, the keeper might not be up to much. Rushworth, I think, for many people, has been the player of the season thus oh, far. He's been fantastic. He's been immense. Like, you know, the, he, he's got a few things to work on, naturally, because he's only 20, and I think he's still got a, a bit of filling out to do. And his distribution, it can be a little a little bit erratic at times, just, just to kind of... You know, rushes things for want of a better word. Sorry for mm. the pun, but you know he, he does. Sometimes he, he, you know, he can take a touch, but he just kind of lashes at kick sometimes. Um, but his his shot stopping, you know, his reflexes. Honestly, you know, uh, uh, you know, having watched Wolves in the in, in the top flight for a couple of years as well, he's as mm. good as anybody I've seen. Yeah, you know. And generally, like his his actual reflexes and his ability to make quick reactions, you know, you can see exactly why he's he's you know he's contracted to a Premier League club, and you know you look at him now. I mean, I think it's we said it already. I think it's a case of just enjoying him while he's here. But, oh, you know, I I can generally see, you know, him going back to Brighton, maybe not next year. Um, but going on and, and, and playing games at Brighton and and, and having a shout at perhaps being their number one in the future because he's um, he's a he's a he's a lovely lad as well. I know it's mm. I know it's um, you know it's ability what gets you there, but um, you know we spoke to him after the Newport game and how he, how he kind of said that he goes goes over every performance with with Mike Taylor, the goalkeeping coach, who of course had a very you know, established career himself, and and you know, focusing on all the negatives, all the all the things that he did well, and or you know, this this was a bit this was a bit crap, you know, or whatever. And mm. Taylor won't pull any punches, and you know, even Rushworth said himself, if even if I disagree with Michael, I'll, I'll tell him, you know, I did this because I felt it this way or whatever. But 
going out, pouring over performances in that level of detail, you know, I think it speaks volumes of a player that wants to succeed, you know, at, at the highest level, really. And, um, you know, Walsall are, you know, are fortunate to have him, to be honest. I mean, when he came in, he came into relatively little fanfare because nobody knew a great deal about him. And myself, yeah. having seen it per- personally, the first thing was... Mm, I'm not. I'm not sure whether he'll be the number one. I remember, you know, I think it was one of the first podcasts we were debating whether it would be him or Rose. But it's him, and it's him by far and away now. I mean, you know, I think he's probably, you know, if not already, the best keeper in League Two. To be honest, he's he's been um, he's been fantastic, and mm. um, he'll want a clean sheet soon, as you say, because um, he's only had one from eight league games so far. So fingers crossed that one will uh, will come hopefully Saturday. Yeah, very much in the mould of, and I'm not comparing him to any of these players, similar kind of styled goalkeeper to like a Meslay at Leeds or maybe even like a Lloris. And I know these these are players who are far in advance of, the, of, of Carl at the moment. But in terms of the style of goalkeeper, not particularly the biggest, not the strongest. No. But reflect, they're like, he's like a cat, isn't he? He just gets, he gets a glove there or he... He manages to tip something around the post, and I mean, we're going to get onto the Newport, Newport game shortly. But I thought he was fantastic then as well. He just, I mean, it could have. You look at the stats, and Newport had a lot of shots, um, and I think I, I don't think Walsall could have argued if they conceded a few more. But Rushworth was the reason they didn't. Yeah, I mean, it was a grudge match between uh, Rushworth <laughs> and Dominic Telford. It was, you know, just kind of a, a battle of wits and. Everything Dom Telford threw at him, he, he was equal to, and you know a curler that was going to the top corner gets across, makes the fingertip save. There was one which had a quite a bit of power behind it, and he had to really kind of act quickly with his left hand, get a strong hand to it. Um, you know there was a series of headers and and, and stuff like that as well. Um, you know Dom Telford, by the way, for Newport, probably one of the best players I've seen in the, mm. in, the in the division thus far. I thought he was really tricky. I thought he, you know, really. A real handful, but um, yeah, Carl. He's um, as you say, he's got that those cat-like reactions. And I was having a chat with um, Lewis Cox, our Shrewsbury reporter, and you know he he was kind of mentioning, do you think he's got a bit of Dean Henderson about him? And obviously, you know, D- mm. Dean was at was at Shrewsbury, and you know, very successful there, and you know, obviously now playing at a very high level, not albeit not every week for Man, Man United, but you know, still a you know a, a credible member of their squad and. It's um, you know I don't want to get too carried away with Carl, but I think everybody can see that there's definitely the potential there, and um, you know hopefully he realises it because he seems like a nice lad, determined, and fingers crossed in the short term can start picking up a few more clean sheets and uh, you know getting Warsaw some re, re, you know result, results on the board. Mm. Um, obviously after the Mansfield game uh, there was EFL trophy action Joe Walsh will take it on Brighton's kids yeah um, top of their group uh, I mean it's not not particularly the prettiest win in the world it was a scrappy winner um, but they all count yeah top of the pops in um, Southern Group D yeah <laughs> <laughs> top of the pops in, in Southern Group D um, yeah it was um, it was a good exercise and you know, I know it, it's a very controversial move. This competition, and you know, it's not everybody's cup of tea. And it, you know, just being there, it, it you know, the kind of the there is a, it, it, it does have a very low key feel to it. Mm. Um, but fair play to the fans. They, you know, they they came out in decent numbers. There was about eleven hundred there. 
And there was a there was a, f- a few from Brighton actually. I don't know if it was mainly just parents of the <laughs> credit to it because that's not an easy trip. No, nah, I think. I think you. I think a lot of it was families of the of the players, to be honest. Yeah. Um, you know, but you know there was still about fifty, sixty of them. Um, but it was a good performance. Brighton moved the ball around really well. Um, they've got one of the you know most fireable academies in the country, really, at the minute, and they're they're really kind of making a play for it and and looking to you know get get players through the production line. Um, but also kind of. I think they did. I think Tyler said said as much afterwards. But they paid him perhaps a touch too much respect in that in the first half an hour. Mm. But the you know they once that kind of they'd had that first chance on goal, there was only really one team that that looked like they were going to really do anything. And 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 Warsaw with that team, Kieran mm. Phillips gets the goal, and it's um, it's it's not a not a nice goal. I saw about it to, to Matt Taylor afterwards, and he. He made a reference. I don't know if this one was would be over your head as well, Luke, but it was for me at the time. Um, that he said, you know, back in his day, there used to be the Rothmans book. The oh, Rothman, right. the, yeah, yeah, okay, it's over your head as well. But apparently, yeah, it was yeah. just like, um, like football annual, basically, like a, you know, a big football annual where you'd have, you know. A lot of kind of stats on teams and who their scorers are. A big kind of yeah. like preview yeah. of the season or review of the, se- the season kind of thing. And he said, basically, in the Rothmans, it didn't matter whether you'd scored a 25 yard screamer or whatever. You just say the, the goal next to your name. And, and, that, and that was kind of the thing with Kieran. The, you know, a scrappy goal mouth scramble. They um, all count. But they all count. And, you know, what I will say about Kieran, he, he, he gives his all in, in, in every game that he's played. Played on the right wing um, in a lot of the league games. For me, his best position is as a, is a centre forward. Mm. He's almost kind of perhaps been playing out, out there out of a bit of necessity, really. Um, but he's a good lad, and um, he's another one that, while I don't think he'll be perhaps prolific. I think he'll chip in with a fair number as the season goes on. I think you know he'll be high single figures or perhaps low double figures uh, by the time that the season comes around. You know, to, to an end. Um, you know, seven or eight goals, something like that. Maybe you now ten in all comps. But um, yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be somebody who's banging in at tricks. Mm. But I think over the course of the season, he'll uh, he'll chip in with a few. Yeah, it wasn't the only talking point though. Um... The red card challenge from Gary Dickett. What, what did you make of that? It, it was a red card, yeah. I mean, he's come right through the back of him, hasn't he? He's got, he you can't went, win the ball from there, mate. He went absolutely flying in on Osadiba. He just absolutely just wiped him out. And, um, yeah, it was a red card. I mean, Brighton have done it with Gary Dicker and a few teams are doing it now. They're having these um, older players that are kind of playing as... The kind of the guides for the twenty for the 23s now. I think Southampton mm. have got somebody, Ollie Lancashire, who used to be yeah. at Shrewsbury. Um, Man United have got Paul McShane, I think. There, <laughs> um, you know, set a great example though, did Gary? Yeah, well, exactly. Yeah, you know, you're looking at him to set the example, and he just flying in like a loose cannon. Just, absolutely. just let him know you're there. So let him know yeah. you're there. It was ridiculous. It was a red card all day long, and. Yeah. Uh, you know, he'd been quite. I don't think he'd really done much in the game before that. To be honest, I haven't really noticed him. So um, yeah, not a great night for him. Um, but from Warsaw's perspective, 
you just have to kind of take it at what it is. It's not the most glamorous competition. It's not really everybody's cup of tea, but it was a chance to win another game of football, and and that's what they did. That's it, and they were comfortable after that red card, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, they were and, comfortable and, before, but yeah, I mean, and a few players, you know, got minutes that they needed to get. I mean, one of them in Zach Mills, I thought was quite sharp actually. I, I thought he had a had a good game, and we'll we'll come on to it later. But I think he might be one that may fancy his chances of getting some more minutes in the league. So, um, mm. you know, you can only you know, you only play what's in front of you and the, and the competition you're in. And, um, you know, the, the lads that did come into the side, they kept a clean sheet. Jack Rose, you know, his first game in between the sticks this season, through no fault of his own, he's just got an, you know, a fantastic keeper in front of him. Yeah. Um, he comes in and keeps a clean sheet. So, yeah, it, it was a good night all round, really. Yeah, and we—I mean—we say this every year when this competition rolls around, but it's—it's it's not without its flaws. But it is an opportunity for Walsall to—I say do something this season. The, the start they've had doesn't look the most promising, but it is an opportunity to get give fans something to cheer out if they make the latter stages. And the prize money's decent as well. Like a, mm. a fair few fans have made that point. I, I, I do need to look into exactly how much you get, but it is decent figures. It's not it's not just pennies. Like if you get through into the into not into the knockout rounds, it, it can be quite, you know, financially lucrative. So while attendances aren't high and, you know, teams are in the main much changed, if you can you know, give those fringe players minutes and get through into the last stages of competition. Yes, there's that Wembley carrot as well. But um it can be financially quite of benefit and it could be the difference in, you know, paying the wages of another player or not, but come the end of it. So, um, yeah, there's, there's that to factor in as well. And, you know, finance is, is worth so much in football and then every penny counts. And uh, in the trophy, you can actually rack up a, you know, a decent amount of cash, really. That's it. And more important, even in, in this day and age at the moment, with teams coming back from the pandemic. Um, yes. Moving on, the the late the most recent game, Newport County two also one. Um, actually, gutting give, gutting given the time uh, and the score of the winner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there couldn't I, have been anyone else, could it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't really pick up on it in live time, but I watched his celebration afterwards. I gave I a bit, didn't he? I don't really get that. Like, you know, yeah, we didn't get off of the contract at the end of last season, but. Yeah, Walsall fans have effectively paid his wages for two years. You know, for for the tickets that they buy and the money that they left in the club through mm. through COVID. You know, not having refunds on their season tickets. And he just, got, I don't know. I just think it's yeah, okay. You can get caught up in the emotion of it, but I just, I did, I didn't understand that. I oh, see. Um, this, this is the thing. I don't mind. A player scoring against his former club and celebrating. And celebrating, yeah. It's like a, fine. I, I'm not a fan of the old put your hands up, pretending like you're not happy about it. Yeah. Right, celebrate it, but not in the way that James did it. No, no. I thought I thought that was... I don't know if you feel... Slightly classless for me. Yeah, I thought it was needless. I just think he might... I don't know if you'll look back and think, you know, oh, that was maybe a bit, a bit too much or whatever, but... Yeah, ultimately he's not at the club now and, and whatever. I, in terms of the performance as a whole, I didn't think it, there was anything um, offensive about it, really. I, I didn't mm. think he had a great first half, granted, and obviously 
Rushworth saves the penalty to prevent them from going 2-0 up. Um, but, you know, they weren't anywhere near what we saw at Hartlepool where, you know, the, the commitment was in question. Yeah. You know, that there weren't anything like that. I think given the chances and the territory that Newport had, I think 2-1 was probably a fair result. Yeah, it was a, a yeah. sting given the circumstances and Clark scoring and then celebrating in that fashion. But, you know, given given the overall theme of the game, I thought Walsall, yeah, on another day, could have snatched a point. But equally, I, I don't think they deserved any more than that. Uh, you, know, it, mm-hmm. I, you know, Walsall, even though they made it 1-1, and enjoyed more possession in the second half. I didn't think they really ever looked like they were going to go on and win the game. And um, I think they tired a little bit towards the end. I thought they looked a, a touch leggy. Mm. And um, Newport took advantage. And I, I don't think he could really begrudge them that. I think they were worth the three points in the end. Yeah, I'd agree with you. I don't think I don't think Morsell can have any complaints losing that game. Uh, they can have some complaints about the way they conceded that first goal, though. I thought it was really poor defending. It's not the type of goal you want to concede, is it? No, it's not. And um, the 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 thing about Newport, and which was different to a lot of the other games this season, was they started really slowly. Mm. Um, you know, the home crowd were behind Newport, were quite vocal, and they looked a bit overawed by it, to be honest. And that's not really been the theme. Uh, if anything, even when Warsaw, you know, had gone, was it four four games without a win at, at the start of the season and yeah. played really poorly at Hartlepool, they actually started well in that game. You know, they came out the blocks, they had a few chances, missed the chances and then got punished. That was the kind of running theme. Yeah. So starting games hasn't really been a struggle, but against Newport, so yeah, they looked a bit lethargic and um you know they the fact that Newport scored was wasn't a wasn't a surprise at all. It was a it was a you know it was a, a poor goal to concede, but I think almost from the off really it felt like it was coming. It felt inevitable. Um, it's great to see him uh, respond in the way they did. You know after the penalty mm. save from Rushworth, you know reads Matty Dowland what he's going to do. Great save, you know down to his right and then. Up the other end of the pitch, Osadabi goes on a run, sets up shade, and that was an emphatic finish. It was a really good finish, and you know we'd spoken to him in 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 the week beforehand, and he was saying, "I want to get that goal, I want to get off the mark," and and lo and behold, he did in in really nice, in really nice fashion. Good, confident finish, really powerful strike. You know, now chance for the keeper. So hopefully, he can can build from that. I but, love that. Um, I love that. You know, when a when a player cuts in. Yeah. Instead of doing the, the stereotypical, oh, I'm going to try and curl it into the far corner, just drills it near post. Yeah, and and that and he's he's got that about him as Tyrese, as we as, as we've said before. He's you know he's physically very impressive. You know, a very good athlete. Mm. You know, he has got that. He has he can generate that power, um, and he has been playing on the left and likes to cut in in that fashion. So yeah, I, it, it was a, obviously disappointing to lose in the, in the manner that it did. Um, but I didn't think it was all bad, and um, yeah, hopefully, before long they get that first away victory under the belt. It's just that they're not, you know, when they're at home and they're expected to have possession and have territory and create chances, they've they've responded well to that in recent mm. weeks. You know, against Stevenage, against um, against Mansfield as well. When there's that pressure and to, to perform in front of a home crowd, they, they've responded well. But when when you you know when you have less territory and you're dealing with a you know a, 
a buoyant home atmosphere and you know being on their travels and you know perhaps having to you know only having one or two chances and you've got to take them then they've struggled a bit more in that regard so there's definitely lessons to be learned yeah is that, is that something that, that Taylor will be really trying to drill into them you know get that first away you know success because it, does it become a little bit of a, a lingering you know yeah. thought in the back of the players heads yeah you don't want to let it go on too much longer, I don't think. You know, it, you, you don't want to get you now into October or anything like that, and mm. and, and it'd still be, you know, it's, well, they will kind of get into October there, but you know what I mean. You, you don't want to get it, let it go on too much longer than that, um, yeah. because yeah, it it does be does perhaps become a lingering force and a bit of an obstacle that does it doesn't necessarily need to be. So um, now if the I don't think it's going to hang over them for too long, but uh, yeah, there's definitely things to improve away from home, and uh, yeah, but hopefully this weekend first back at home against Bristol Rovers, they can uh, respond in the way that we want. Yeah, and we'll preview that shortly. Thinking of adoption, we have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for the City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell's Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking for re- to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? Visit www.adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place or call 01902 First up, we're going to get questions, Joe. First one comes from El Nombre. El um, Nombre. El Nombre. Um, <laughs> can you see us being anything other than a lower bottom half team this season? I don't think there'll be lower bottom half. I've said it a few times. I think they'll be around the middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if they can put a run together, then maybe have a have a, have a play. I, I think if they're around 12th, 13th, even 14th come January. Now, I think there's probably, you know, a, an onus to kind of say, right, this is what we need to mount a promotion push now in the second half of the season, you know, yeah. or, or a playoff push. Now, if they can be in that mix, that middle of the row, 12th, 13th, 14th, even 15th, if they're just three to six points away from that kind of top half, if if they're you know if they're there or thereabouts come January, I think that's when you can say right, I want to, I want a centre forward, I want another wide option, I want a full back or or whatever it may may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I can see them being other than a low low. Low me t- lower our finish to be honest. You know, I'd, I'm not expecting them to be automatic automatic challengers. I've said that a few times. I think there's there's, you know, at, at this stage in time, better more established sides in in mm. the division. Um, you look at Forest Green and what they're doing. They, you know, they're 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 really strong. Um, and you know, your Bradfords have made a play and etc. etc. But you know when that when the playoffs go down to go down to to seventh, there's always the 
there's always a, a, a there tends to be an outside shout and, and, and a, a team that perhaps makes a play or makes a late push. So um, I don't see why. I don't think it's impossible for Walsall to be that team, but I'll probably, if I had to hazard a guess to where they'll finish, it'd be somewhere between mid-table and you know, and perhaps sneaking into that top half and maybe being I don't know, six or seven points away. But yeah, but we'll we'll see. I'm happy to be proved wrong. That's it. I mean, and it's it's silly looking at the table now, but in terms of points, they're only four points off seven. Which is... exactly, yeah, and yeah, they're they're nine, they're nineteenth, are they at the mini? And I know, yeah, like one win, and you know, results going your way, and you can lift you to, lift you to tenth or eleventh. Yeah, and I think it will be like that for a while. I think it will be very tightly condensed. I mean, you you're looking at when they picked up those back to back wins. I was thinking, right, they're going to climb the table now, and they're pretty much stayed where they are, mm. you know. But I think it's um, it's going to be a, a, a tight tightly run and I think there'll, there'll be a few teams at the top that perhaps start to pull away a bit but I think that middle of the pack is, is, is anybody's game and if as I say if Walsall are in that middle of the pack come January then hopefully there is you know scope for, for, for further reinforcements Miles mm. um, Drake this is an interesting one cast a remake of The Office with the sports department of the ENS offices <laughs> who is who uh, I'm going to shamefully admit that I've never really watched oh, The Office come on, come on. I've, it's one of them I've been meaning to watch and just never got round to it, it's like silly comedy though you're like Oh yeah, like like stick like, family guy and I love it yeah 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 I, I think you would like it I, I'd probably say I'd say Nathan Judah would be Michael. Um, is that the is that the main like the Steve yeah, Carell yeah, yeah. or Ricky yeah, Steve Carell, yeah, yeah, Steve Carell. Uh, just because he's a bit wacky, Nathan is. He's got a, got a few stories and yeah. he's a bit well travelled and. Yeah, the other characters is there Dwayne? There's Dwight. Uh, Dwight. Who's a bit? Who's a bit kind of a stato? Um, she was yeah, Massey. Joe Massey as Dwight. <laughs> the both wear glasses. <laughs> I'm maybe, struggling maybe, here to be maybe. honest. Um, oh, who else? Um, Who's like Dwight's friend? The one, the one who like always plays pranks on him. Oh, Jim. Uh, Jim's a bit more of a, like a Jack the Lad. So I would say, I'll go you for Jim. Actually, Luke, Luke can be Jim. Okay. Um, so you, it'd be well, yeah, because it'd be you and Massey playing pranks on each other. I think that oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, that, yeah, um, yeah. that fits. I see that. Um, there's no women on the sports desk, so there's no, um, there's no Angela, there's no Pam. Um, oh God, I'm struggling past that to be honest. I, I, I'd, I'd try. And I, I'd, help, I'd, I'd be, mind. I'd be Kevin because I love my food. Um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Five uh, plates at the at the all you can eat. Yeah, at the all <laughs> the all you can eat. Um, yeah, I think that gives you a decent flavour, doesn't it? Uh, there's, yeah, there's yeah, four yeah. characters. Maybe uh, as the season progresses, I'll uh, I'll have more of a think. I'll try and commit to watching episodes. <laughs> yeah, come um, on, come on, it, it it's really good. I'm just on season seven now of of nine, but Michael leaves at the end of season seven. So, oh, yeah. And he's the star of the show. He's absolutely hilarious. Like uh, so, I don't know if I'll enjoy it as much, but I'm go- I'm going to see it through. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, John Chambers. I personally think we need an experienced centre forward, but that's probably all of our incomings now. What do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's fair enough to still argue that. I mean, you you just look at the bench, didn't you? At, at, at Newport, there's just not 
there's not really anything to to, to come on at the minute mm. um, with Wilk, Wilkinson being out and and Holden as well. I mean when when those are all fit, I mean it, it's got the makings of a really good kind of attacking force. You know you've got perhaps Keenan as as the left side, Wilkinson on the right side, Holden in behind Miller, and then you've got you know Shade and Phillips as your kind of guys to come off the bench and be your you know you you. You, you players that will stretch teams, maybe you know. I think that's. Mm. But obviously, they've got a couple of injuries at the moment, and you haven't got a recognised centre forward on the bench most weeks. So yeah, I, I, I do still think they're one or two light. Um, but the the free agent search, as of yet, really doesn't. There doesn't seem to be a great deal going on. Yeah, they're they're, they're on they're on the lookout and asked Taylor, is it less of a priority now that results are starting to pick up? And he said no. Um, but yeah, it's just a case of, of waiting and seeing on that one. Really, it doesn't sound like there's a fantastic amount going on. But if the right player comes up, they might they, they might go for it. But yeah, I, I do think they are, you know, in an ideal world, they'd have another striker. To be honest. Yeah, um, Hayden kind of follows up with a similar question, but also a different one because uh, he's asked two. Um, <laughs> similar after, but different. Similar but different because he has two different questions. Um, okay. After the performance on Saturday, apart from our injured players, what do we need? Also, barring any injuries and suspensions, after seeing the squad for a few games now, what is our best eleven? So, in terms of, you know, the first question, we've kind of answered that with a striker, but the best eleven right now? Best eleven right now, barring any injuries or suspensions. So it's obviously Carling goal. I think it probably would be still White at right back. Many mm. uh, years and uh, a month as the centre halves. We've Ward at left back. Um, it's an interesting one in midfield because I think Aaron and Kinsella complement each other well. Mm. Uh, but obviously, Josh Labadee's the cup cap, uh, club captain. Um, so it, at the minute, it would probably be Labadee and Kinsella. Aaron as the as the number ten. Um, and then I'd probably argue Shade and Keenan as the um, as, as as the wide players and mm. um, and Miller up front. So that'd leave you like Osadebi and Phillips on the bench yeah. um, with Phillips as just on Os- Osadebi though. You know he, he gets a, he gets a bit of stick at times, and I didn't think he played bad badly at, at the weekend. You know he he got the assist. There, there is times where. He can take a shot, or you know, because he'll go on a run, he'll beat a man, mm. and then he'll almost kind of turn back and then play the sideways pass, and it's almost, you know, you're looking for that next thing, you know, he'll 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 beat one man, you think, right, where's the raking pass, where's the shot, yeah, and then he'll almost go back then because there's not an obvious choice, but I do think there's a player there, and I think you know with a bit more confidence and perhaps a you know some more consistent game time. You know he will he will get better, um, but based on what I've seen so far, you know um, having not seen a lot of Osadebi, you know he's not started a lot of games, mm. you know and and seen Ewing be putting the best individual display I've seen this season at Bradford. I thought he was fantastic. I'd probably lean towards him really at the moment in that number ten role with uh, with Shade and Keenan as the wide men and, and middle up front. Fair. Um, and and he, was he say what other position do they need? Was that another bit of the question? Yeah, what do we need? So I think they'd need a bit more from fullback. Um, you know, 
either the lads who are there have got to find it within themselves, or you know, or Zach Mills perhaps comes in. I, the problem is that they just while your fullbacks are there to defend first and foremost. You want to you want to see them offering a bit more going forward uh, than, than they have been. Uh, Warden, Warden White, obviously Ward mm. hasn't got you know the legs that he did you know five years ago, ten years ago, um, and you know he's a bit more limited in what he can do. I think he's been solid enough um, without really pulling up any major trees. And you know when he does get forward, then somebody has to kind of you know cover a bit more. Um, White kind of we spoke to him recently and he kind of admitted that you know having broken his leg quite badly at, at Mansfield a couple of years ago that there's still you know levels that he feels he needs to get to and he wants to offer more going forward which I think is fair enough but yeah you know you want to I think he has more in the in in the locker so hopefully we can see some of that soon but as I say with Mills he's not one of these players that he's um tremendously quick or you know that he's going to necessarily beat a man for pace but you know in in the in the games I have seen him he's looked steady enough and you know does link up with the wingers and and does look to try and get forward so you know if that continues to be a position where Wolves are Wolves all sorry I have a a tendency to Wolves to slip out the tongue having having spoken about him so much over the years but if if Wolves will continue to have a, a problem um, with with their fullbacks and in terms of attacking, then um, I think Mills can can potentially you know come in and and, and chance his arm. Why not? Yeah, uh, Lee Reynolds is Bates's Walsall career over. No, I think it's a bit too too soon strong, to say that. Strong that. Yeah, I mean he's dropped out of dropped out the obviously the starting lineup. Uh, he wasn't fully fit over pre season, and I think he had a knock, and he's been. Gradually working his way back from that, he only played an hour against um, Brighton in the trophy, and I think that was kind of to do with that. I think he's still working his way back. He played for the res- the kind of the young reserves against um, Romulus in the Birmingham Senior Cup the other night. They lost two mm. one, but I think he's still getting back to to fitness and sharpness really. And no, I don't think his his career is over, but he's he's certainly you know he's got to got to prove a point to to get back in the team. Yeah, uh, and last one, Carlos Sadler. Uh, has Stephen Ward come up to expectations yet in terms of his contribution to the team? What's your thoughts on that? And also, we're still falling short on matchday experience and the ability to attract more punters through the gate. Why is this not improving? Um, as I say, with Ward, he's, I think, you know, obviously his, his uh, leadership and, and his experience is, is invaluable because, you know, he mm. brings that, you know, he, he's played well. 150, 180 games in the Premier League, 50 Island Caps. You know, you can't, you cannot, you cannot buy that. You know, it, it's, um, it's, you either have it or, or you haven't. And in, he's, he's been at the top level. I think in terms of his performances, he's been steady. Um, he's not really had an eye-catching performance yet. It's hard you know? from that position. Though. It's, it is it's hard. Not very, it's not very often you see a fullback. Not really dominate a game. No, it isn't. But I think what is annoying is that. Obviously, James Clark scores the goal at the weekend from a Cameron Norman cross, <laughs> and mm. you know we haven't really seen the fullbacks coming up and creating chances or you know looking to really make an impact in the final third yet. So I appreciate you know left back 
you know, especially in League Two, it's the hard truth. You know, the you know the the Rico Henrys, for example. You know, he's playing in the Premier League now. You know, and Walsall aren't going to have a, a player like that who bursts forward. You know, with such you know skill and and determination and power. Mm. But you just want a bit more from them. I think they have been a, a little bit limited and perhaps you know playing a bit safe at times. So. Um, Fingers crossed, we can see Wardy do a bit more. And then in terms of the fans, oh, I know they had their problems against Forest Green. I wasn't there for that game, but I don't think the supporter experience is bad at Warsaw. I think I think they, they do a lot of things well. I think the obviously the stuff they do with it with the kids and you know the I, I know my brothers took 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 me, me nephew there quite a few times, and they do the, the mm. coaching and the. You know, you almost kind of let the kids do what they want, really. In in that side stand, they can just kind of run about and go in the games room and whatever. But it, it it does attract families. In terms of what they can do more to attract, I think ultimately win games of football and be successful. Yeah. You know that that's what's going to do it. Warsaw is is a strange one in that you know I was born in Warsaw. You know, man of hospital. You know, I lived in Willingall, New Invention. You know, as, as a kid, but you know I was a Wolves fan. And you know, or a lot of my mates were Wolves fans, or you know, a few Albion fans, a few Villa fans. There wasn't many. It's a, a tough location, isn't it? It's a tough location. I know it's a one-club town, but you're in a, you're in that small. You know, uh, you know, it's not a large area, but it's got a lot of clubs in in, in the surrounded West surrounded by clubs at a higher level as well. Yeah, which so is always going to be a bigger draw because you see them on TV. You see them on telly. They're you know. You know, Warsaw as a as a as an experience, and when you actually go, I think he's quite. You know, has always been a pleasant experience, and always been. You know, I, I think. You know that still, I know some people think might need, think it needs sprucing up a little bit in, in areas, but I think the the Banksy's best got. You know, he, he's he's one of the best stadiums still in in League Two. Um, you know, it's in it. You know, you look at. You know, Newport was all right, but it was a bit of a strange ground. But you know, it, I think there's a lot there. But I think ultimately, it just boils down to having a successful team. And yeah. you know, Warsaw, unfortunately, haven't had that for a few years. So hopefully, that's not too far off, and it can drive you know a few that probably through COVID as well, and are a bit wary and still, oh, I don't know if I want to want to go. If they see a winning team, then. You know that that's that's ultimately what will get more people for the turnstiles. Exactly, there's no replacement for results. And and just to touch on the point you said, I think a lot of general football fans have a fond place in their heart for Walsall. Yeah, and it comes. It, it there's a there's a, a mixture to it. Obviously, on basically any away day, if you're going from south to north, north to south, and you're on the M6, you see Walsall Football Club. Yes, you see it, and everyone recognises it. The ground as well, you, I mean, some people might say it needs sprucing up, and it, it uh, places it does, and there's no argument for that. But given the you know, position the club are in, financially, and you know, in, the, in League Two, you're not always going to be able to do that. But you, you go to some other grounds, League One and League Two, yeah. you go into some, and it's like, I mean, I, even Championship, I'd, I'd sooner go to, to the best Scott than Kenilworth Road, you know. Yes, some of these grounds are really like stepping back in time. <laughs> like even like, I mean, you look at some, and uh, it's just, I don't think some fans because the ground's been there for a while. I don't think some fans always recognise just how good of a ground it is. It is, a, it is a good ground for the level, and hopefully, it won't be at, at the level for uh, for too much longer. Exactly. Um, 
Right, let's talk about the uh, the next game on the cards. Bristol Rovers at the Bankses. Um, big one. It's a big one. Massive game. Another it is chance, a big one. Another chance to get headed in the right direction um, in terms of you know climbing up the table. Uh, how do you see it? Uh, I think it's a game that they, they should win. Mm. And Bristol Rovers, as has, has been well documented, have had a, have had a tough start. 22nd at the moment. Yeah. Um, you know, Joey Barton is under pressure there. And, you know, they, they've they've got an ageing squad, I think you'd say. You know, mm. the likes of, uh, you know, Junior Brown was playing for him last week. And, you know, I think he's about 34, 35 now. Signed Leon Clark as well, is that right? Leon Clark, and now he's injured. Um, but Clip. Glenn Whelan playing in midfield at 37. Oh, you've got to love a bit of Glenn Whelan. Um, you know, I know you're Villa allegiances, but you know what I mean? He, he was, I think you'll argue, he was probably past it you know, three years ago. Never, mm. never mind. No, fair play to him, still still lacing up his boots. But the, Warsaw, you know, this is a team they should be beating. Um, you know, if they want, want to do things this season. You know, while... It was disappointing at Newport. I think one of the positive things you can look at, they're three, three wins in a row at home, counting the trophy as well. Mm-hmm. And fingers crossed, they seem to be building some momentum and, and responding to the home support. And hopefully, as, as we kind of alluded to there, that people will start to attend more if they see a winning team. But I think they should should be winning this one. One thing the, to factor in is that Rovers will bring a, a lot of fans. I think they're gonna gonna sell out their allocation. It sounds like uh, yeah, yeah, big big club at this level. Big club at this level. Um, similarly to Walsall, have had it tough over the years, really, and, and believe they should be hot. You know, in a, in a better state than they are. Um, but you know, they'll probably bring eleven hundred and fill out that end stand. So they're going to be up for it, but they're also getting pretty fed up with what they're seeing. They were free down within half an hour last weekend mm. and the onus is on starting sharp you know you've got to get in their faces early on don't give them a minute to settle and in the main that is what what we've seen from Warsaw they have made sharp starts to games apart from Newport last weekend so mm. um, yeah they've got to kind of put that one to bed and come out firing on all cylinders because I think if they start similarly to they did against Mansfield where Miller scored after or was it seven minutes, something like that? Um, then I think it could play out similarly. But equally, if, if you give if you give them a bit too much respect early on, allow them to build momentum, then they have got experience and know how, and you know can make it pr- pretty tough and perhaps you know snatch something. So I do think, yeah, it is a cliche and perhaps a bit of a tired one at times. But I think they've got to come out, come out, come out the blocks. And uh, if they do, I think Walsall they've got enough to win this game. Mm, that's it. Conceded thirteen in eight games as well. Um, yeah. If you're George Miller, you're looking at that and saying you could. Yeah, I mean, you could be in it. Yeah, he'll be licking his lips. And the one thing about Walsall, we keep talking about a striker, and while they are probably a body light, the attackers are scoring goals. You know, Tyree mm. Shade was pretty much the only one that of that proper what you define as attackers that that hadn't scored. Um, you know, also Deeb is a bit of a funny one because he's almost he, he's not an out and out midfielder, he's not an out and out attacker, he's almost that in, in between be- the lines, isn't he? In between the lines. But he hasn't scored yet. But you know, Miller Miller has scored a couple, Phillips has got a couple in, in all competitions, you know, Keenan, Shade, Earring, you know, they've all they've all scored goals, so 
you know, it's not as if they're going into this game completely cold. They've all got some some kind of momentum behind them, and and hopefully they have they have too much about them to uh, for Bristol Rovers to handle. Because as you say, they've conceded a fair amount of goals. You know, we've got a Bristol Rovers fan in in the office in um, Mark Mark Drew. He's he's going to go to the game, but he you know he says you know Warsaw should be winning this one. He's not expecting anything. Mm. So um, you know, Bristol Rovers are. Of a struggling team, fans are frustrated, and if you can get on, get on them early on and and ramp up that pressure, um, I think that's the way to go. Yeah, got to capitalise on that pressure, haven't you? Um, would you make any changes? How would you set up? Um, would I make any changes? Just trying to think of the. I'd be tempted to bring Brendan Keenan back in. Mm. Um, it, it'd be interesting to see what happens in midfield because Kinsella had a bit of a knock. In the last minute against Newport and had to go off. Um, we'll get an update on that uh, tomorrow as when we speak to Matt in the uh, pre-game press conference. Mm. But um, if 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 that's okay, then I'd, I'd keep the midfield as it is. It'd be the final game of Labadee suspension. Um, but yeah, I'd be perhaps tempted to bring Keenan in, and I'd maybe take Phillips out if I did that. I think Osadibi. Yeah. Had a decent enough game that that you know I think he's fair enough to keep his place, but I think Phillips on that right side, I think he'd perhaps benefit more of him of being a striker on the bench to come on if if it's not quite going right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd bring in um, as long as everyone's fit, I'd bring in uh, Brendan Keane and back in for um, for Kieran Phillips and perhaps move Tyrese back over to the right side, and with the kind of the idea that. You know they can switch throughout the game him and him and Brendan if needs be. Yeah, uh, should be an interesting one, mate. Should be an interesting one. Fingers crossed they can do it. Uh, you got anything else to add? You want to add to the episode? Warsaw three, Bristol Rovers nil. Oh, come on, me, confident. Come on, let's do it. Clean sheet for Carl, uh, a goal for Emmanuel Osadibi, and another double for uh, George Miller. That's my uh, that's my bold prediction. We'd all have that, mate. We'd all, We'd all have, have it, and fingers crossed we will. Fingers crossed. Right, that does us for another episode of The Best Scott B. If you could drop us a like, a review, uh, a rating on your preferred podcast provider, it really does help us out. And of course, if you could share it with other Walsall fans who may not listen, then they may enjoy it too. But from me and from Joe, goodbye for now.